this is Benny Bloss, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show, best one out there. Hey, this is the Bud Man. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome to the Moto X Pod Show, starring Darkseid, his co-host Scotty, sometimes TJ. Surprise, surprise, another episode of the Moto X Pod Show this week. I said there wasn't going to be a show this week. Last minute, I threw something together. This is episode 252. It's just me in studio tonight. Because it was so last minute, like literally an hour ago, I got the guests locked in. So I had told Scotty no show and TJ. So they were they have other plans. So yeah, it's going to be a quick one. Pre-recorded, no live feed on YouTube tonight. This is episode 252, as I said. Tonight's going to be Sean Brennan, the Senior Public Relations Manager for Feld and Monster Energy Supercross. And then we're going to have Jeremy Coker on. He's the team manager for Star Racing Yamaha's 450 team. It's going to be fun. It's brought to you by our title sponsor, Cherubies USA. For decades, the Cherubies USA has been the leader in moto plastic accessories. With all those products that fit perfect, look great, and last, the Cherubies has what you need. You need a full plastic kit, you need a chain guide and slider. Maybe you just need some uh, hand guards. Hit them up. Cherubies USA, let them know you're listening. And, of course, Racetech, the world's largest aftermarket suspension modification company. All Racetech products include award-winning goal valves and settings are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. Visit Racetech.com for more info and use that promo code MOTOXPOD to save. I rode this weekend a couple times at a local private track. It rained a bunch Saturday night. The track was real slimy Sunday. Got better as the day went on, but the faces of all these jumps were really, really slick. Went to do this fairly good-sized double step-up thing. And, boy, I spun going off the face of it and cased the ever-loving hell out of that thing. And the PDR Racetech suspension, boy, barely even felt it. Just bounced right off. No problem whatsoever. So, appreciate those guys at Racetech taking care of me. Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Works Connection. At the very least, you need a whole shot device. You got to go get one of the Pro Launch Start devices, the best one on the market, WorksConnection.com. Use promo code MOTOXPOD20 to save. You know, while you're there, get an elite clutch, uh, elite clutch perch. Get some little anodized master cylinder covers. Make your bike look good. Torque One Racing, R Jerky, Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID, Shock Socks, Williams Motorworks, Extreme Colors. Guys, I know you want to, you probably love to have a custom painted helmet. Kirk Hunter at Extreme Colors. We'll do it at a fantastic price, $345 to get you a custom-painted helmet. That's hard to beat. Hit us up here at MotoXPodShow at gmail.com, or you can email Kirk, xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com. Blood lubricant oil line's on board with the new Barracuda line. It's perfect. It's so good. Power Band Racing, True Fusion Sports, and Grill Your Ass Off. All supporting us tonight on episode 252. Yeah, guys, hang tight. We'll be back with Sean Brennan. 
Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. Only an idiot would not rush down to their local WPS dealer to check out the complete line of 2022 Fly Racing products. So if you don't want to be an idiot... Stop acting like an idiot. You're the idiot. Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Then rush down right now. Of course, obey the speed limits. The need to get your hands on a Formula helmet will not get you out of a ticket. Once you get there, ask to see everything Fly Racing offers. From the Evolution DST to the light race wear to the kinetic lines, they have a gear line to fit your needs. Fly Racing has been developing and innovating its gear line since 1998. Just ask current riders Zach Osborne, RJ Hampshire, Carson Mumford, and the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. Don't forget about their women's and youth lines and the all-new Zone Pro goggle worn by Justin Brayton, Shane McElrath, Max Anstey, and Joey Sabachi. Again, visit your local shop and support your WPS rep today. Check out flyracing.com for all they offer. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what, what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No. No, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, build performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, higher rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like... If you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Scotty T here from the Moto X Pod Show with another fantastic product from Burn Motorsports. It's Shock Socks, the number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes having leaky fork seals. With Shock Socks, you can protect your fork seals from the crap at the track in a matter of 10 seconds. Fork seals can be expensive and take away from your ride time, so fight the crime of grit and grime with Shock Socks. Check your local dealer or go to the BurnMotorsports.com webpage also, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. So go out and make sure to get your pair of shock socks today. Are you tired of your bike looking stock? Have you had enough of arm pump from inferior handlebars? Are you sick of losing the race on the last lap because you can't hold on to your old worn out grips? If you've had any of these things happen, you don't have to be the laughing stock of your moto group anymore. Today, the Moto X Pod Show is here with the solution of all your problems. Torque One Racing. Torque One is an organization founded by individuals with passion above and beyond for the racing industry. Their mission is to provide high-quality, economical performance parts for your dirt bike, quad, and street bike. From the attack handlebar, defy lock-on grips, vengeance levers, and more, their products are made to the highest of quality, the lightest in weight, and most importantly, affordability to their customers. They bring passion, commitment, energy, focus, enthusiasm, and ambition to their products, and most of all, they are an experienced organization that has come together from other organizations to bring you the best of the best. Visit them at torqueoneracing.com, that's T-O-R-C-1 racing.com, 
and be sure to follow them on Instagram and Facebook. All right, boys and girls, I'm here with the first guest of the night for episode 252, and he is going to be brought to you by Racetech, which is the world's largest aftermarket suspension modification company. You guys know all about it. Visit Racetech.com for more info and use that promo code MOTOXPOD to save. Tonight, Racetech brings us a senior public relations manager at Failed Entertainment for Supercross, my boy, Sean Brennan. What is going on, Sean? Wow, Jamie Guida. Thank you for the intro. And not only Supercross, but let's not forget Super Motocross World <laughs> Championship, my friend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We have lots of questions about that series. It's uh, <laughs> hey, We are, I think, 25 days away from the inaugural event of Super Motocross A1. Hey, groundbreaking stuff coming in just uh, three weeks. Not even it three really weeks. really is. No, and... You know, there's been, I mean, off seasons really aren't in our, you know, verbiage anymore, but (laughs) holy cow, we have not stopped at all. So I'm not paying any attention to any numbers. I just know that I got a crap load of work still left to do. Yeah. Uh, But as Dave Prater always says, uh, no matter what and what we don't get to, we will be racing on Saturday, January 7th. So you got to kind of just let the the little stuff uh, not bug you because everything eventually does get done. Right. As long as you pay the, the bill for, a, uh, for Anaheim Stadium, we're good to go. We're good to go. That's absolutely right. <laughs> well, I, you just talked about being so how, how busy it is. And I was going to ask, you know, how has it been leading up to this new super motocross compared to other seasons. How much more is there? What's different for you? There, there, it is, it is amazing. The amount of, of extra that this is layered in, in a good way. Um, but you know, I was telling somebody recently that I was putting together the original framework for, key messaging and talking points and actually starting the very first draft of the initial press release uh, that ended up going out in August uh, when we were in Detroit. So uh, I was up in the press box when we were in Detroit when this was really all still very under wraps and starting to put together, you know, boy, how are we going to talk about this? What are some of the key messages that we need to, you know, get everybody, you know, their heads wrapped around and things like that. Um, And, and so that's just, it paints a little picture of, you know, how much really behind the scenes goes on with some, you know, with some projects, but with as something as significant as this is, this is the first major change to our racing series uh, here domestically in almost 50 years so it, this has been a long time in the making and for for most of us involved you know in our side you know a tv uh digital operations live event uh and then everybody all the key stakeholders on the mx sports pro side we have not stopped at all um you know we were at uh, a lot of the different outdoor races as we were you know already having lots of meetings and things like that uh so it it has not stopped but yes you're absolutely right it's a different philosophy now everything leads with super motocross world championship now 
And then underneath that is the individual seasons of indoor stadium racing, Monster Energy Supercross, and then outdoor racing, which is the Pro Motocross Championship. So everything has to be thought of differently. And, you know, education, educating, you know, not only the fan base, but even all of our athletes and teams and television broadcasters on how they, they speak to this and how they, uh, you know, talk to storylines and developing storylines and things like that. Uh, it has been nonstop. So to shortly uh, answer your question, whew, it has been a lot. <laughs> yeah. So specifically for you and your responsibilities is the primary focus, making sure everybody from advertising, uh, you know, Daniel Blair, Ricky Carmichael, whoever's in the booth, everybody is saying the right terms, making sure that the, the fans, especially the fans that are maybe not die hard fans understand that this is different. This is super motocross. It's a little, you know, things have changed. Is that the, the primary focus? In some respects, yes. Uh, a lot of the things that we from the PR team, you know, end up creating and end up writing. Uh, yes. End up getting used uh, certainly for the broadcast and things like that. Uh, I certainly don't want to say that I train, you know, the TV team on what to say, because we do have a very fantastic uh, Tony Martinez, who does all of our media training with them, uh, who also works with Tony Romo and a lot of huge clientele uh, with the NFL and other sports. But messaging and words and how we speak to things and how we name things and speak to them correctly uh, yes. And we, meaning me, uh, Davey Coombs, uh, even Jason Wigan, uh, and our brand team, uh, all of us, uh, started working on, you know, how we're going to speak to this and frame it up. And a lot of the, you know, terminology that has come out in press releases and things like that, uh, and documents like, you know, we call functional language that end up uh, being part of the brand, part of the advertising. Some of the things that you'll see in advertisements, see on TV. Uh, yes, that has been a collaborative effort with a whole bunch of us. Um, so, yeah, it's a collaborative effort and it involves a lot more people and a lot more touch points than one would suspect. Okay. <laughs> You, you mentioned MX Sports, and I'm curious, I'm interested in the relationship with MX Sports. Like, I know this is a good thing for our sport. This finally, you guys have, you know, felled and Supercross and Pro MX Sports has come together. We're all getting along now, but I'm always seeing this as like uh, two, a husband and wife come together that have been in previous relationships and they have kids and we're, we're one big <laughs> happy family, but you know, Hey, we, we would like to be the better team. Maybe like, is there a little bit of, um, how do I want to word this? Like fun or positive, uh, competition between the two a little bit like, Oh, we, we want to be a little bit better here. Or do you feel like you're a hundred percent teamwork teammates now? And it's all the greater good. It is 100% teamwork. I knew that was going to be and the answer. <laughs> it, yeah, and it, it really comes from mutual respect. And it comes from mutual respect at the top with Kenneth Feld and Kerry Coombs Russell. 
And, you know, Kerry Coombs, um, you know, Davy, Davy Coombs is, is, and has been, you know, one of the faces of, of pro motocross forever. Um, and Kerry has really been uh, taking the lead on a lot of interviews and a lot of different things uh, in speaking to the super motocross world championship and her and Kenneth, um, they have bonded. They are both second generation promoters. And I think sometimes that gets a little bit lost on fans that, you know, the promotion business is not easy. And when you survive, you know, and not only survive, but succeed in 50 plus years of family owned businesses, that is a testament to a lot of different things. So when Kenneth Feld and Kerry Coons Russell are both in the same room, and are talking about different eras of their businesses. It is really spectacular conversations. Um, and that's what both of them uh, have really started with is it's mutual respect. And, you know, for whatever reason, you know, we did, we've operated very separately for way, way too long, which even when we're, you know, still doing it in recent years, we're, you know, sort of wondering, boy, why, why are we doing this? There should be a better way. And, you know, ever since we did make this public and even prior to, as we were working behind the scenes, going through the pandemic and, you know, the leadership team and the committee through, through all of that, um, it was quickly, the respect was really recognized between both. And I would say where we're at, where we are now, you know, is, you know, most of the heavy lifting has all been done. and you know, there's certain things that we are taking lead on and they are uh, letting us have that lead. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, feedback is welcomed, uh, you know, much like our communications, you know, with the teams, you know, we don't do anything in a vacuum and MX Sports doesn't do anything in a, in a vacuum. And that's really important for collaboration. So even the smallest of decisions, we're still running by each other and making sure that we are on the same page. Uh, so again, that really comes from a level of respect and really being in this together and wanting to grow it, not only for us, but for our athletes, for the teams, uh, for all of our partners that are involved, but most importantly, the real winners in all of this, the fans. Um, so it has been a great collaboration so far, and it's going to be neat lining up, you know, because our our story is just about to start. Chapter one of 31 is about to start here in a month. And we're on a journey. We're going to be taking, you know, fans and everybody through this journey together that is, you know, beginning here in a couple of weeks, which is really going to be unique. Yeah, I, I'm glad to hear all that, because if there was any underlying sort of selfish agendas from either side, it would just, I think in the end it would fail. You know, you guys are going to have to obviously work together and want the other to succeed so that the both of you succeed as one. Yes. Yes. No, I think that if, uh, if this wasn't the real deal, it would have been, there would have been holes already, but mm -hmm. this is the real deal and this is the future and we are all invested in it. Uh, especially with our, you know, television and streaming partners, NBC and Peacock. Yep, yep. And, you know, it's, we are building the future and you can't haphazard that. Uh, it has to come from a genuine place. And 
you know, I can't tell you how excited Kenneth Feld and Kerry Coons Russell are investing in this sport. And Rick Cordella, who put the deal together for Peacock, who just took on uh, the new role of president of NBC Sports. So he has even been promoted since wow. <laughs> since inking uh, this deal here. Uh, well, good which for is Rick. It is mag right? It is magnificent. <laughs> so, you know, the positivity that, you know, is just going into this 2023 season is really incredible. Yeah, and logistically, there's a couple things I'm pretty excited about. Uh, new stadium, Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego. I don't know anything about that stadium, but I assume it's an, uh, an improvement from the past. And then we're, we're back in Nashville at Nissan Stadium. Very, very excited about yep. that one. And then back to Atlanta Motor Speedway also. So a couple cool things, yep. uh, a couple revisits that I think are very special places. And then a new one in San Diego. Uh, I, I would assume you're pretty excited about all those. Yeah, you know, San Diego is such a a great date on the calendar. And, of course, Petco Park has been an amazing facility for a long, long time. And, you know, once you are inside, there is no other better visual of the city and a track and just an exhilarating view from every seat in that house. Uh, logistically on the outside, um, it, it, it's difficult. Let's yes. just say it has its challenges. Yes, it does. And, you know, what's been frustrating for us for many years is, you know, FanFest is a huge part of our overall, you know, Supercross experience. Uh, it is an all-day event, and having the paddock in two different locations um, you know, wasn't ideal and it wasn't ideal for, for a number of years. So, you know, to really fix that and provide a better footprint for fans where they can enjoy that, you know, have a, an easy place to park, one place to go, everything that is convenient to the stadium. Uh, th- this facility is going to have all of that. Uh, it is part of the San Diego State University campus. It is a brand new facility. The football team uh, is playing their inaugural season uh, in it this year. Uh, Jimmy Buffett was actually, I think, the first scheduled concert to play there, but I think he had to move his date back. But yeah, it's, it is going to be a fantastic venue. Uh, some of our team has certainly been on the ground already. Uh, and have done some site visits. I haven't been on site yet, but we're really looking for, to, for you know, getting there and, you know, offering a, a another unique experience for the fans for sure. Yeah. And then the other one that I, the one that other, the other one that really stood out to me and I feel like it does to you also is Nashville because of the music scene there. I want to go up a couple of days early this year and just get to enjoy the city a little bit. Nashville is dear to my heart. Uh, I think you know that. Yep. Uh, my goodness, I lived there for 15 years, and at one point, didn't think I'd ever leave there, right. Jamie Guida. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes, you know, life throws you uh, some other <laughs> some other pathways. Uh, but man, I love it. We're excited to be back in Nashville. You know, the pandu- pandemic really kind of disrupted our every other year uh you know schedule for that but that is the intent you know with nashville is to rotate that every other year like we are with uh foxborough and metlife stadium so 
you know, there's just so many men. I know the fans love it. The teams and racers love it. It's a great place to enjoy when you have some downtime. Uh, and our schedule is so grueling that any time that you can enjoy even just a little bit of downtime and, and enjoy the city that we're in, uh, that's a win for everybody. Having the rich country music and just music community that is part of Nashville, uh, that, you know, can come and attend and be part of, of what we're doing as well. And, you know, with NASCAR, NASCAR has been there uh, for a number of years now. Uh, IndyCar has been racing there, I believe, two years now with their, uh, well, with their city racing. So it's really becoming, you know, a stronger motorsports town in general as well. So always look forward to, to going back to Nashville. That's uh, definitely a big star in my calendar and can't wait to get there for sure. It's going to be a good time. Just speaking of music in general, the fact that I'm going to more races this year, I, I have to find some time to sit down and map out concert schedules that connect <laughs> with the race schedule. So that's going to be on my to-do list this week. Uh, but I want to move on. I want to talk about Supercross Futures. It's back again this year. I believe there's five rounds and it's set to just like last year. There's no... Sunday Supercross Futures where vets and et cetera can come out. Uh, really what I want to know is will that come back at some point or do you feel like that's you kind of stepping past that now? You know, quite possibly. Uh, when we were still in, you know, the pandemic, mm -hmm. you know, we we're, were really excited where Supercross Futures was and that all-day experience to be able to provide that you know, across 27, 28 classes of athletes, um, you know, and I know you ride, you're on the bike, you know, whether you have ever done, did you ever race Supercross Futures? I didn't. I wasn't riding much then because I didn't have time with my day job, but with my new job, yeah. I'm riding a lot. So yeah, I need to be part right. of this thing. Let's get back to it. it, it exactly. No. And, that, and that's the thing. There, there are a lot of, a lot of, you know, riders and, you know, enthusiasts, I would say, that have never had that stadium experience and opportunity. So, you know, back then, Supercross Futures was really twofold. It was obviously development for our Supercross Futures class and, you know, developing them and giving them a more, um, you know, experience in line experience with what to expect you know, with, with indoor stadium racing and supercross, uh, but also to give enthusiasts just that same adrenaline rush, like, wow, I am in my favorite stadium, you know, racing on a supercross, supercross track, just like all the big pros that I watch. Um, but then, you know, obviously the pandemic hit and, you know, things changed. Uh, a lot has changed. And, you know, one of the most significant things since then is now our unification with MX Pro Sports. Uh, so with their, what they've been doing with their Moto Combine uh, is really very something similar that we're going to do. And again, this is another sign of our unification and working together uh, is Supercross Futures is going to follow a very similar model. So, you know, whether someday we end up putting together that Sunday all day more for the enthusiast, um, you know, track experience in a stadium, um, I would never say never. That could absolutely be something that we further, you know, we get back to somewhere down the line. 
but our focus right now is really uh, to provide a real pathway for not only motocross, but also through, through supercross and working with our, you know, factory supported teams and amateur development program to give them a complete all the way from amateur development all the way up through to their professional development and license with both supercross and pro motocross. Yeah, that's, I kind of figured that that's, that's kind of the primary focus. And I understand that. Um, There's some big stories this season, this off season. I want to start with just kind of see what your thoughts are. The HEP motorsports, they made HEP motorsports made big news. Suzuki, by a signing, Sean Brennan recently, and by that signing, I'm talking about, of course, my guy Kyle Chisholm for a multi-year deal to help to race and develop bikes. I'm joking. I mean, that is great. But Ken Roxon, obviously, is the big news. <laughs> Going to help. Um, I'm pretty excited about Chisholm. This is Kyle Chisholm. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. It's big I freak- know how excited you are. Oh, I'm excited. You have no idea. But I really want to talk about Kenny going to HEP and – being some lifeblood in Suzuki. I just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, you know, I think, and, and hey, I enjoyed watching Kenny as every other fan and industry person. Um, you know, what a treat we were able to all witness. And, you know, I've been with Ken uh, a couple of different times, you know, over this offseason with uh, recording our Supercross preview show. Uh, Of course, last week at our media sessions in Anaheim and, you know, the little bit I've been around him, he, he seems so genuinely happy. And I think that a happy Ken Roxon is just so good for the sport. So good for all of us. And I really think that, you know, everything really does happen for a reason. And for him, to have been able, because most professional athletes, especially in our sport, they really don't get ever an opportunity, especially a public uh, opportunity to ride every other brand that's out there. So when he said that he was a free agent, he really was a free agent. (laughs) And he took that opportunity to really, you know, try everything, which is very unique in our sport. Uh, it would absolutely be amazing if we could ever get to that point where we had a free agency period. Um, you know, it's tough. You know, this is a very tough business. Racing is is a tough business. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, the factory level teams certainly don't want to give uh, any other competitor any advantage. And if they can lock up their talent, they want to keep them locked yeah, up. Yeah, for sure. So I certainly understand why. Uh, why it's very difficult in our in our sport, but you know I think it's very neat for Ken, and I think that you know he gave uh, you know fans a different perspective on different kind of bikes, and I, I tell you what, Jamie, he looked amazing on everything that he <laughs> rode, and yeah. I think that speaks to the talent that Ken Roxon is. And again, I, I hope he races for another ten years, right. uh, because he he can make he can make no matter what color, and even if it's gas or electric, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> he can make it look good, and uh, I fully suspect him uh, to have a winning season coming up here. And you know, I just I want to give a shout out to Dustin Pipes as well. Um, 
you know, it wasn't too many years ago that Dustin Pipes was still riding a Suzuki himself, the privateer racer. And for him to have risen through the ranks and, you know, to, to now operate at the top of the sport as a team owner, team principal, team manager, uh, I really do got to give. And, and, you know, and this obviously, you know, Dustin's biggest signing to date, without a doubt. And he is, you know, obviously has some really great talent, you know, uh, race underneath his, his canopy. But, you know, securing Ken Roxon, that that's a major, major landing. So I just want to give props to Dustin Pipes because him and his whole behind-the-scenes team uh, have really been progressing, improving, and investing in this sport. And I think that by signing Ken, that is a true, you know, testament to the work that they have been doing as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's it's adding a very special and exciting element for the 23 season. It's going to be a talking point all year, I'm sure. Uh, the other news story that just, I think it was yesterday was the release was Justin Cooper racing a couple, four rounds as of now on the 450 I think that's exciting. That's, you know, a, a past 250 champion. He's going to get a few rides in the 450 class. That's going to add... Just another storyline, something to watch. It, it really is. And, you know, where will Justin Cooper show up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that he shows up for round 14 in East Rutherford, a hometown <laughs> race. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I know the fans are going to want to uh, see him a lot sooner than round 14. Yeah. I have, um, I have a feeling it's going to be early. But- yeah, no, I have a feeling it's going to be early, too. And, uh, you know, it was, it, it was very fitting. And I'm glad that the, you know, the Yamaha and the Star uh, Racing press release, you know, included him in that championship uh, with his championship pedigree because he certainly is a champion, uh, wasn't able to defend his championship. Uh, but, you know, that is not lost on anybody, his talent. And, of course, uh, everything that he did at the motocross of nations, uh, just incredible. So that is another major, major win for the fans. Uh, as we entered 2023, you know, with the best athletes in the world, uh, racing right here, uh, not only monster energy, AMA supercross, but the entire super motocross world championship, which is about to begin. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I've got a couple more super motocross questions for you. Uh, stepping back to the, well, I want to talk about the playoff system. That's new this year. You're going to, you're going to break the news where the first two are at. <laughs> I wish I could. Damn. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, well, I know. And, and, and let me just say that, uh, you know, the fans will be excited uh, when they hear where they are, yeah. uh, not only the areas of the country, but the actual venues as well. There is a specific, there's a couple different reasons why we're going where we're going, uh, which I can certainly talk about that. Okay. Um, Alaska but, and Hawaii. What? Alaska and Hawaii. <laughs> Perfect location. <laughs> Not very easy for all of our fans to get there, but yes, perfect locations. <laughs> Just making a guess. Uh, <laughs> all right, go ahead. Uh, so, 
We will be, yeah, we should be announcing those uh, here in the next two weeks. We want to announce them uh, prior to, to Anaheim. Uh, but for sake of conversation, it, it may end up being the, you know, week of Anaheim. So, you know, look, look, look forward to that, but no, uh, you know, these are going to be unique places that we've never gone to before. And I think the biggest thing is, is really, you know, these locations are going to provide the type of footprint that is needed to build a super motocross track. And a lot of people have, you know, this hybrid vision um, in their heads, but these haven't been built yet. And we are truly, you know, creating the best of a supercross track and the best of the motocross type racing so that, you know, we are really creating racing that is going to test the riders, test the athletes test the bike setup, test the suspension, test the teams like they've never been tested before. So I know that, you know, everybody has sort of what they think it's going to be, but just let me say here that it's not going to be that. Okay. It's going to be much, much better. Um so I've seen footprint you know, blueprints uh, of the two tracks, of the locations, um, and even the fan experience is going to be unique. You know, we're looking to combine the fan experience of both sports. You know, uh, Supercross. You know, comfortable seats and comfortable bathrooms and inside if you prefer. Uh, but then you go outdoors and you know for pro motocross. Uh, fans love lining the fence. So we are going to be combining fan experiences between the both sports as well, which again is truly unique to what we envision super motocross being. So the tracks are going to be completely unique. Uh, the fan experience is going to be completely unique. So, you know, for folks, you know, please be patient, you know, before you judge, because this is really something that's never been created before uh, that we're excited to really show the world here in the next soon, very soon. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I want to ask you about the finals at LA Coliseum. This is, you know, very uh, it's epic. It's, we're going back to the LA Coliseum. I have an idea that I'll, I'll give you for free. Okay. Okay. <laughs> LA Coliseum was a big deal in the eighties. I say we bring Mickey diamond. We bring RJ. We bring some of the eighties guys out. We have Motley crew open the show and we, we do it up. We do 1988 LA Coliseum retro to start the thing off. I am 100% on board with you on that. Okay. Let's, let's, let's do it. Um, you call Mickey and I'll call Mick. How about that? I could do it. Well, let's do. It. I, I think I can make that happen. I mean, what are they doing right now? I mean, I, they may be torn, but come on, they'll, they'll be good by then. I mean, Mick just Mick just retired though, so you know. I know I can't call Mick now. I got to call Nikki or Vince. Yeah, I mean, Tommy would never answer the phone, but you know, Tommy I, would never answer the phone. You're absolutely right. No, I'm excited for the LA Coliseum, though. You know, I was a little skeptical. Because back in the day, like a lot of times they would go around the field to some degree. And I was like, well, that's, I don't, I don't want to just a loop around the field. It's got to be a, like the, the track map that you guys put out looks great. So I was very excited when I saw yep. it. 
Yep. So, yeah, for everybody, and I think, you know, for your audience, uh, but but if not, you know, the reason we're, we're back at the L.A. Coliseum, Saturday, October 14th, 2023, is that is where Supercross was born. You know, 1972, 73, and 74, uh, three events that were there uh, were titled the Super Bowl of Motocross. Uh, that name was eventually uh, condensed to how we got our, our, our name, Supercross. Uh, so that is where, you know, that is the birthplace of this sport. I think another thing that gets lost a lot is that Supercross is an American creation. It was created here in America, uh, obviously came, you know, from Europe, but once we put it, you know, a very smart promoter, put that in a stadium, it turned into Supercross. And we're now ready to embark on our 50th season of Supercross here in America. And for us to end our first year Super Motocross World Championship at the birthplace of Supercross, it really was the only location that we could go to uh, in this inaugural year. So the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum plays a very significant uh, role in our entire history and you can include motocross in that because it was motocross mm -hmm. at that point so it is a shared history between both motocross and supercross so again there couldn't be a more fitting location for us to be having the world championship final um but at the same time you know that track that we put out is magnificent uh, but back to the playoff rounds, you know, we were confined to the Coliseum and there were certain things that we had to do. You have to go outside, you have to go through the parasols and things like that. So that is definitely a fantastic track. and We're excited to, to race that. But you'll notice once we release the playoff rounds and those locations that those, again, those locations and footprints are really going to be a true representation of what we envision a super motocross track to be, you know, for years to come. Understood. Uh, going back real quick, last, last super motocross, well, yeah, super motocross discussion topic. You mentioned Peacock. That's a five-year deal. That is, I love that. Like, that was one of the most exciting things in the whole press conference that I, I, the things that I was most excited about, no more of this. What are we going to do next year for TV packages? What apps are we going to have? To, I mean, Peacock works. It worked great. It's both series. It's, it's perfect. I'm so excited. It's a five-year deal. Yes. No, that was a very significant uh, change, if you will, uh, and a very welcome change for all of us. And yeah, again, just to reiterate, that is all 31 races domestically here in America. Everybody within our borders will be able to tune in to Peacock and watch those races live domestically. Let me also reiterate, though, that outside our borders, every other country, every other location on Earth will also have access to every race live as well and on demand via our super motocross video pass which they can also go to they can already go to our website where we have uh that up uh as we speak 
And we still have a few announcements to come in the next couple of weeks. Uh, behind the scenes, we have um, a very high caliber world level streaming service platform that we have partnered with that um, will will show the level of uh, investment that even on that stand, you know, on that side of things uh, with what we're doing. Uh, so more to come on that, but fans can go and already sign up for the super motocross video pass as we speak. And they can visit the super motocross website, uh, to find out information. We're already, we already have that available now. Nice. Has there been official announcement of who's in the booth and when and what I, I, has that been released? That is what I am finalizing right now, my man. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Well, then I will uh, I'll leave it at that then. Yeah, no. So we are very very close to being able to announce uh the 31 uh race schedule that will include all of the broadcast and TV talent for all 31 rounds as well. So Again, as you know, like this time of year, we would only be focused on Supercross. Mm-hmm. But the beautiful place we're in now is that we're about to announce the broadcast schedule, the streaming schedule, and all of the talent for the entire 10-month race season. So fans are going to know here in a week exactly who is in the booth and who's going to be calling races um, here for <laughs> the next 10 months, which we've never been able to do that before. I'm excited. I, I I don't know if I'm gonna do right? a good. I don't know if I'm gonna do a good job live on TV, Sean. Oh wait, I wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> wasn't supposed to say no, that. Keep that under wraps. We'll, yeah, we'll edit that out. I'll edit that out. No, I'm keep excited. It's out, gonna please. be good. I think people. Uh, I've heard some rumors, so I think people are gonna be very excited. Nice, nice. Let Let's talk. Let's go down rumor mill. What are you hearing? Oh, I can't say. You might. You might leak it. Oh, oh okay. All right. Yeah. Let Let's stay away from. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's stay away from that. That's for sure. I think people will be excited when they see the lineup for sure. I can't wait. Sean, I, I appreciate your time tonight, man. I know like you said how busy hey, you couple, are. It's like quick more things. Yeah, please, things. please. Are we good on time? Yeah, we're good. Hey, just, um, a reminder to, to all of our fans. And I know a lot of athletes, uh, you know, now dial in, you know, for your show as well, but, a reminder, military appreciation race is going to take place in Tampa this year. So that's a little bit different uh, from San Diego. Mm. Uh, but we have a huge military presence here in Tampa as well. And with that being our home race, we certainly wanted to shine a light uh, in our community. So military appreciation uh, for Tampa. And then our St. Jude, this race saves lives, will take place in East Rutherford. Uh, obviously, um, the New York City media market. So we have a lot of different uh, things planned for, for the New York media. Uh, but St. Jude, this race saves lives, will be uh, round 14 in New Jersey. Beautiful. Uh, additionally, I just wanted to mention uh, the big announcement that went out today as well. Another big, big news in our uh, world is the addition of triumph coming in 2024. Absolutely. Yeah. I saw that today. My ML was, uh, that part today? Of that. yeah, I just didn't, I didn't know if, uh, you want to get into that yet or not, but yeah, that's, that's big news. Another team, another factory team. That's going to be awesome. 
another factory team, another OEM. That's eight OEMs, uh, you know, committed to the Super Motocross World Championship moving forward. Uh, so that was very significant news uh, here today uh, that was divulged. And we're really uh, excited to have them on board. Uh, we're going to have to be patient, just like everybody else and all of the fans. Everybody wants to see the bike. What's the bike like? But we'll have to wait for that. Uh, somebody told me today, you know, good things come to those who wait. <laughs> so Heard that. we'll have to be patient for a little bit more. Uh, but my goodness, announcing the team. Uh, you know, Jeremy, who heads up the global uh, racing division, and then, of course, uh, with Bobby Hewitt and Steve Westfall, uh, you know, AMA, uh, Dave Arnold being involved with the chassis development. It really is absolutely incredible, uh, the caliber of team that they have put together and have been working and have been working for, you know, quite a while now. Uh, on this and then of course Ricky Carmichael has been there every step of the way uh, and they plan I've been with them this week and they are serious they're going to be uh, you know they they do not want to put a bike on that gate unless they can't compete and that, that is exactly what they're planning on doing so that is one of the, re the reasons for 2024 uh, for two fielding uh, fielding a 250 team and then 2020 five they will have a 450 team as well so again that shows the health of our sport and uh the racing of our series i think that is a huge testament to you know where the sport is here uh with um with us here with supercross pro motocross and now with super motocross world championship agreed and since you brought up saint jude and the military appreciation and things that failed and yourself do to give back. I, I, I want to touch on the great American teaching that you did recently in Tampa. Kyle Chisholm was part of that. And I don't know. I asked if you were maybe going to move that. They were actually Chiz brought up that you guys were talking about trying to find some other cities to do that in. Talk about that a little bit. And if that's a possibility where it may actually appear in some other cities. Yeah, you know, it absolutely will. Uh, you know, after we did that, this is the second time that we've done that here in Tampa. And the Great American Teaching is actually a national uh, school initiative where, you know, really parents as well as, um, you know, can really incorporate anybody. But it's usually, you know, it ends up being the parents that come in almost like a career day kind of thing. Uh, obviously, depending on the school and their connections, you know, they typically have, you know, policemen and, and, and firemen come and things like that. Uh, you know, but it's really designed on what we're doing for elementary level school kids. Uh, you know, why it's important to stay in school, what you're learning now, uh, how that can turn into, you know, a professional career no matter what you want to do um but all the messaging you know is really to illustrate the kids the importance of education so for us and you know different schools i'm sure if they have you know athletes and access to different sports and things like that they probably you know do have other sports involved uh so pre-pandemic 2020 uh we we're part of uh part of one here 
And now that we were through the pandemic and, you know, COVID protocols are, are no longer with us, uh, we were able to go back and interact with the kids, which is amazing. Uh, but we were able to take Kyle's bike in there, uh, use our virtual reality stand, put kids in fly racing gear, uh, put them on motorcycles. Uh, you know, Kyle was there talking about being a pro athlete. Uh, you know, everybody can relate to riding a bicycle. Every kid, no matter, you know, first grade, you know, we had first graders all the way up through through fifth. Uh, everybody can relate to being on two wheels and the freedom and bicycle riding and all of that and how Kyle was able to turn that thrill of, you know, enjoying riding a bicycle into a pro career, you know, as a super cross, cross athlete. Um, I have a slideshow, all, all images of Kyle racing and just to see these kids, you know, see Kyle standing in front of him and then, seeing him racing and, you know, jumping the finish line and being three stories in the air, <laughs> just watching their expressions was just priceless. But, you know, the overall message was really, you know, if you love art, you can create graphics and the artwork that's on these helmets, you know, look at the fine detail in this motorcycle. Uh, you know, you don't have to love science and math. Maybe art is your thing. Well, you can turn that into whatever you're passionate about in life. If you do love math and science, you know, all the different engineering on this motorcycle, uh, you can become an engineer one day. So we really taught, you know, try to tie the messaging back into, you know, how the kids could relate uh, to no matter what, you know, they were passionate about art or music or, you know, even video games. We talked about the Supercross video game. Uh, that even if you love gaming and that is your thing and you also love uh, love dirt bikes and racing, that you can turn that into your pro career uh, someday. So that is sort of the scope of what we did. Um, and, yeah, that is absolutely something that we would love to take on the road and we can take on the road. Uh, and it's funny because I just reached out on my personal Instagram and, you know, asked people, hey, because we have a lot of fans that are, that are school teachers and are in different cities we go racing. Uh, so I just put it out there that, hey, if you're involved in education, you're involved in a school, uh, and you'd like to see something similar when we come, you know, to, to your race city, you know, hit me up. And uh, a few people took me up on our on our offer. So <laughs> Cool. Yeah. I remember there were some Makeup to Mud uh, guests that were, I think at least one that was a teacher and he implemented some stuff into to, to yes. their school. Yep. So right now we're working on one, uh, you know, your hometown for Dallas. And we're working on one uh, for when we get to Glendale. Okay. But even if any of your listeners are involved in, in a school district and are a fan of supercross and or motocross uh, and would love some, you know, for, for us to come in and put on a presentation, bring in some motorcycles, bring in some athletes. Uh, we are happy to do that. That type of one-on-one -on -one interaction, especially with, 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 with kids, Boy, you don't get many opportunities to have that kind of a life-changing impact. No, it's awesome. And, and I, I texted you, if I can be a part of it in any way, even if it's just helping carry stuff in, I'd love to be a part of it So at the races I'm at. So I, I'm, I love that you're doing this stuff, Sean, and I know you're very passionate about it. And yep. uh, it's, it's very cool, and I, I love seeing it, man. 
Excellent. Yeah. Thank you for, uh, thank you for bringing that up. Cause that, you know, sometimes we do things, you know, just because they're the right thing to do and, you know, we love doing it, you know? Um, so when people do notice, I think that's just an, end, you know, just an added bonus. Um, but obviously, yeah, there's a lot, a lot that we all do that, you know, are just the right thing to do and yep. great American teaching and impacting kids and just spreading the message of why this sport and just being on two wheels. And, and I even reiterated that to the kids that you don't have to become a pro athlete like Kyle to enjoy motorcycling. You know, you can just enjoy being on two wheels, no matter what that is, whether it's trail riding, uh, you know, riding a motocross track, it doesn't matter what it is. Just being on two wheels is just a great expression and a great freedom and a great escape. That's why we all love this. Sean, thank you, yep. man. I appreciate your time. I took a lot of it on a, uh, it's getting late at night where you're at, but thank you for always taking time for us and thank you for everything you've done for us. You are welcome, Jamie, and looking forward to seeing you very soon. Yeah, you're going to see me a lot more this year than you have in the past, so get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Look forward to it, my man. All right, Sean. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Jamie. Yes, sir. See you. All right. I want to thank Sean Brennan for coming on. Always a great guest, full of information. Really appreciate everything he does. We'll be right back with Jeremy Coker. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Entercamp. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeastUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorized Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound Champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound Champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggles. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand Goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm. And for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then if you're looking for top quality hard parts you need to visit torque one racing torque one racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the moto x pod show find the flow with torque one racing handlebars levers shifters brake pedals and grips torque one racing is the title sponsor of the moto x pod show so support those who support us visit torqueoneracing.com and order your defy lock on grips today 
If you're like most racers, you've dreamed about riding a works bike with all the trick parts. Since 1989, Works Connection has been producing works like products for the general public. When Steve Lampson and Team Peak Split Fire Pro Circuit used Works Connection in 1990, they quickly gained a reputation for quality that the pros would use. Three decades later, the company is still known as the leader in quality, innovation, and customer satisfaction. The industry standard pro launch start device is used by many of the teams, such as Factory, HRC Honda, Star Yamaha, Hep Suzuki, and many more. Whole shot specialist Vince Freeze, as well as Jet Lawrence, Eli Tomac, and Chase Sexton all trust Works Connection to get them to the front. And don't forget, you can also get the Elite Clutch Perch, Radiator Braces, Engraved Master Cylinder Covers, and much more at WorksConnection.com. Use promo code MOTOXPOD20 to save at checkout. Works Connection, the choice of champions. Hey, in case you didn't know, Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket suspension modification company. All Racetech products include award-winning goal valves and settings are 100% guaranteed and made right here in the U.S. of A. Racetech also offers state-of-the-art precision engine services and parts to all engine builders. The staff has over 65 years of championship winning experience. It's so good that many of the top privateer teams such as SGB Honda, Team Solitaire Nuclear Blast Yamaha, and Motul AJE Gas Gas, as well as Jerry Robin, Kevin Morans, and many more, choose Racetech for their superior performance, reliability, and their customer service. Hey guys, what's up? My name's Kate Clayson, and I choose Racetech because I love their desire to strive for perfection. I think we all know that perfection isn't possible, but getting to perfection is always the goal, and I think that is something that both myself and Racetech have always worked towards, and I think they can help you get there too. Hey guys, this is Alex Ray. I use Racetech components in my SGD suspension and also the Racetech engine. The reason I like it is just because uh, the engine's super reliable, tons of torque, and also on the suspension side, it just gives it that flush, nice feeling. Hey, it's your boys around Team Solitaire. If you don't run Racetech, here's what you do. Put your hands behind your back and run your face into a f***ing wall. Racetech.com. What's up, guys? This is Kevin Morans, and I choose Racetech because of their convenience of having Racetech centers all around the United States. Obviously, within my Decker Performance Suspension, works really well. They're very high-quality performance products. Definitely check them out. Hey, guys, this is Jerry Robin, uh, and I choose Racetech because of uh, the reliable motors, good power, good suspension, and obviously it's great people around, and I've uh, been there for a long time, and they're awesome. Visit Racetech.com and use promo code MOTOXPOD to save. When choosing goggles, we all know you have a lot of choices. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the preferred goggles for many of the top privateers, including Kyle Chisholm, Ryan Brees, Ben LeMay, and top GNCC riders like Craig DeLong. X-Brand is the result of years of knowledge from former Honda HRC test rider Rich Taylor and his dad, Hook Taylor. Whether you're leading the pack or getting blasted with roofs, X-Brand can stand up to the abuse. You can visit eksbrand.com to see all X-Brand offers. From the unparalleled Lucid Extreme Definition Optics Goggle with the Wave Latch Quick Release Lens System and 4-Layer Factory Foam to the EKSS and the Flat Out Series, you will find a goggle to meet your needs at a price point you'll love. Check your local dealership for X-Brand goggles distributed through WPS. If you want comfort, style, and performance as well as hashtag clear vision, then you want X-Brand. Choose X-Brand because we said so. And we're hot. (laughs) 
Next guest of the night is brought to you by Works Connection. Since the inception of Works Connection in 1989, Eric Phipps' goal has been to produce works-like products for the general public. For products like the industry standard Pro Launch Start Device, the Elite Clutch Perch, radiator braces, customized master cylinder covers, and much more, it's hard to imagine you not going to worksconnection.com so you too can have what the pros use. Use that promo code MOTOXPOD20 to save. Tonight, Works Connection brings us... The team manager for Star Yamaha Racing's 450 team, Jeremy Coker. What's going on, man? Oh, not much. How are you guys? Doing good. G- glad to talk to you. This is the first time you've been on the show. Yes, it is. That's my, that's on me, man. I just, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk to you, man. Look, in the, in the last two years of the 450 team, the first two years of the 450 team, two pro motocross championships, a supercross title, not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. I think... Uh, it's a little more than, uh, you know, obviously we set our goals out to that for that to happen, but our expectations, I would say it's a little more than our expectations and, uh, it just sets the bar a lot higher for us in the future. That's true. That's true. It's a, it's a long way from the top. It's a lot longer way to fall, but I, I don't think you guys are going to have that problem anytime soon. Yeah. Luckily we, <laughs> you know, surround ourselves with, a with good riders that make my job a lot easier and a good team and crew members behind me. So that, that definitely helps the scenario. Absolutely. I, I want to talk to you first. Let's start with Eli Tomac, bringing him over that you had a big involvement in that, I believe in with his new, he has somewhat of a new attitude. Seems like a different guy. Uh, his determination is no different than it ever was. Just kind of talk about that process of getting Eli over at star, what it took, you know, how you, how you schmoozed him. Yeah, I think, you know, I've, I've talked about it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was that, you know, Eli was at a point in his career where he was kind of getting flat, kind of stale, um, a little bit not enjoying the sport anymore, which you could see in some things. And I knew there was still the fire in him. You know, he, when he wants to win, he can win. And that's what he showed even at the, at the end of his, his last team. And so that's kind of what had me going that, look, Eli still wants it. Eli still can win. What can I do to help him? And what can we do as a team to help him get back to what made him the powerhouse that he used to be? And, I think that was the biggest thing that we could do is we came in there and we said, look, you know, Eli, let's get, uh, let's get you to enjoy this sport again. Let's get you to have fun and, uh, get your, get you back to your grassroots. You know, I mean, we brought John Tomac way on board in the team, you know, he has a headset at every race is able to communicate with us, get, get them back in this as a family, like they used to be in the amateur days. And when they first came into the pros and what made Eli Tomac so strong in his career. And that's what we as a team, went out to do. And I think, you know, that was bring people in, into his circle that he enjoys in his circle and, and makes the sport fun with his chassis guy, his dad, him, his practice bike mechanic, letting him have a little bit of control over his program. And, and I think we succeeded with that. Yeah. That's definitely something he's mentioned numerous times. So you guys definitely did a good job with that. Eli's always kind of been a guy that likes to keep his training to himself. Doesn't really like to show what he has, but he'll come, to Florida once in a while, you know, I think he was there last week. Uh, then he went to California, if I'm not mistaken. Do you, do you try to get him out there more uh, over to California more so he can ride with the guys? Do you see a difference in what he's doing, how he's riding when he's around the other guys? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously his program's a solid program. There's nothing wrong with his program. He's proved that with Clearly. multiple championships. Yeah. But I think it's no secret that, you know, in the past, Eli Tomac, uh, is stronger towards the middle to the end of the season and not so strong at the beginning of the season. And I think that's because it takes him a while to get 
the train moving and get going, you know, get, get back to used to riding next to people in rhythm lanes, riding with people off starting gate. When you train by yourself all the time, it's hard to, to remember how to do that. So, and I think he would agree with me that uh, us having him come here at the beginning of last year and having him now come here at the beginning of this year gets him back into that rhythm a lot faster. So when we go to Anaheim, it's not so bitch of a surprise when you're jumping a rhythm lane, you know, next to two guys or coming into a corner with five or six guys. And that's one, I think one downfall to training by yourself is that, but if we can get him going at an earlier time with more people than, you know, mid to end season, when he's back training by himself, it's not a big deal because we're racing this whole time. And not only that, I think this year we're even in a better position than we were because Eli really hasn't stopped racing. Um, you know, we race supercross, we race motocross, we race motocross nations. He went to Wales, he went to Paris and now we're bam, right back in Anaheim. So I think this year you're going to see even a stronger Eli Tomek than you've ever seen because we really haven't stopped. Yeah. He mentioned all those things. I, I talked to him last week and he mentioned all those. And I think he definitely seems like he's in a good place. And, and especially with what he said about the bike, which I want to get to in a moment, but I want to talk about his teammate, Dylan Ferrandez won the championship outdoors before Eli came over. Very capable guy. Uh, I expect more out of him in Supercross this year. So in my mind, they're 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 major competitors. It's not like it's a second level guy. They're outdoors. I feel like they're equal indoors. I think Dylan has the potential to be right up there. How is their relationship? How do you manage that? Uh, both those guys are kind of interesting on a personal level, just the way how intense they are. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously I'm around Dylan every day, you know, day in and day out. Me and him have a really good relationship over the multiple years we've been working together. And, uh, you know, when we were talking about hiring Eli and then when we did hire Eli and that year in motocross at the end of the year, Dylan and Eli were battling for wins each moto. And I literally would tell, you know, the, the, the team within that knew that the deal was done, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this next year come <laughs> motocross. Like yeah. this is going to be a, a lot on my heart and, and my brain. Um, so it's having two top level championship contenders is, is a big deal. You know, you usually, like you said, you usually have a championship contender and a second tier rider. Well, I think we truly have two championship contender riders and I think that's indoors and outdoors. Yeah. Last year it didn't show with Dylan indoors. He wasn't that comfortable super cross on that on that bike, but it's a whole different Dylan Ferrandis now this year coming up. He loves the new motorcycle. He's absolutely railing the Supercross track. So I think you're going to have two championship contenders Supercross and hopefully two championship contenders outdoors if we can get Eli to, to race outdoors. So I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, uh, a, sh- a strain on me for sure to ha- <laughs> how to manage it, but I think we'll be able to handle it. You know, we've, we've been used to it on the 250 side. Right. With multiple championship contenders, it's a whole different ball game. Yes, of course, in the 450, but it, it's just you know it's the same thing. We go out, we go out and set our set our goals to win, no matter who wins, as long as you know Star Racing is doing the best, and both my riders are giving 100. percent That's all I care about. Yeah, you probably don't know this, but I was in studio for a Pulp Mix show before Supercross 22, and I called Dylan to win the championship because I'm a fan of his. I just saw how much he wanted it outdoors, and I and he I knew he wanted it just as bad indoors. I thought, man, he's so determined. And obviously, it didn't work out that way. But I'm very high on Dylan Ferrandez, so I I'm not calling him for the championship quite yet. But he did tell me how much better he feels on that 23, kind of like Eli did. So again, I'm going to get to the bike in just a minute, but I want to talk just quickly. Their contracts both got renewed recently. 
through 23. I heard just talking to Kyle Chisholm, who helped develop the 23, that it was sort of up in the air until, you know, whether Eli liked the 23 or not. Kind of like if, hey, I don't like the bike, I may not resign. Is there any truth to that that you can speak of? I mean, of course, you know, when you, and I tell people this all the time, when, when you win everything there is to win on your current motorcycle, supercross, motocross, motocross the nations, the world supercross round, why in your brain, why would you want to keep going? Look, I just want everything there is to win. And now you guys are going to present me with a new motorcycle. I love this old motorcycle. I just want everything there is to win. There's no possible way you guys can build a better motorcycle than what I just raced. So when I look at it from his standpoint, I understand, you know what? It's a big risk. I know I can do it on this motorcycle. I don't know much about this motorcycle. Before I re-sign, I need to ride that motorcycle. So yes, absolutely. That there is truth behind that. And, and we did everything we could to get him to get a new bike over here. And Kyle had a lot to do with getting it ready for Eli and Eli jumped on it and within two laps. He pulled in and, uh, he literally sent me a text message. He said, let's go win a, a championship again. <laughs> That's, so, yeah, uh, that, that was, that was pretty comforting. That's interesting. Cause again, I just talked to Chiz Friday night, I think with, you know, of course he's at HEP now, Suzuki, one of your biggest competitors and Ken Roxon signed. And it sounds like Ken basically had the same reaction to the Suzuki. Uh, Kyle told me that he was already developing the bike. He rides with Ken all the time. He knows what Ken likes. Ken came over rode the bike, called him and said, this thing's amazing. I actually may change my plans now. Like basically he wasn't, he didn't think he was going to sign with Suzuki until he rode the bike. First of all, Kyle must be really good at what he's doing uh, with developing. And second of all, does that put any uh, concern into you that Kenny was that happy with the Suzuki? Yeah, I think uh, of course, you know, Ken Roxon's amazing rider. I mean, we obviously saw we had a, we had our hands full in Paris with him sure. when he was a happy camper on a motorcycle. So I think if you put Ken Roxon in, I think it's very similar to Eli. If you put Ken Roxon in a happy environment, just like you do with Eli Tomac, yeah, they're, they're both going to be just as dangerous. So I think, yeah, of course, it's a he he's a very strong competitor. And do I look at him like a threat? Of course, I look. You know, there's multiple threats, and I think this 450 class is such a tough class that um, there's you know a handful of of guys that I look at like you know can we beat them? Right. Um, so I think if you put him in a, in a happy home, I guess you can say, uh, yeah, of course he's a, he's a pretty good threat. And the positive on your side of that is again, talking to Eli, love the 22. So it was so great. Then he tells me the 23 is better in a lot of places. It, it turns better. It feels more stable. And I'm like, okay, if you were as good as you were on the 22, how much better are you going to be on the 23? And he says, oh, it has a potential to be really good. So you have to be really excited. Again, also with Dylan riding so much better, like this, this could be an amazing 450 year. Yeah, it's going to be really good. You know, we had a really solid two weeks of testing and training out here in Florida with Eli and Dylan and. Um, I know Eli was able to go home and, and set some new uh, Valley records or whatever he may call his track. You know, <laughs> he, he set track records there. Oh, boy. So um, I think, yeah, I think they're both going to be a, a very strong threat. They're both beyond happy with the new motorcycle. And like you said, Eli's very happy with certain things that it does better than the 22, which is, is dangerous. Yeah, I yes. think it's definitely dangerous for the rest of the field. 
Okay, I have a technical question here, and because we're pre-recording, I can cut this out. If this was one of those questions that might get me banned from the tent, this is a Michael Lindsay question. <laughs> he he texted me a little while ago, and I said, is this going to get me in trouble? He did not respond, but he wants to know why Eli's on the neck and clamps and not the X-Trig, if there's a reason. No, I think it's just a personal preference. You know, obviously, the, the neck and are a little more uh, rigid than the X-Trig, and, and Eli f- prefers a little less rigid triple clamp. So it's just something he's feeling that he likes better than... Yeah, it's a personal preference, and I think that's one thing we've made clear in the past of, you know, in the past questions of why Eli chose to come with us, and obviously, you know, we have no restrictions, and whatever the rider prefers and chooses, it's the best for our performance, and that's what we're going to put on our motorcycle. That's fantastic. I, I love that about... Yeah, you know, Jason Anderson talked about have you know he's now at Kawasaki, and yeah, they're a little stricter over there. That's stuff that Eli... He kind of confirmed everything Eli confirmed, and it seems like you guys are doing it in a way that's definitely more uh, rider-friendly, I think. Yeah, I think that's one thing. You know, you can't – one thing is not going to work for every rider, and that's one thing we've learned. You know, obviously within a within a parameter, we're not going to yeah. just leave open reins to just do whatever you want. You know, if we think – if we see it not go good or if we think it's not going to go good, we're obviously going to pull the reins back. But if we, if we don't see a negative in it, then, of course, we're going to do what we can to support our riders. Yeah, I think that's even going back to Kenny. He told me in Paris, like the the Yareev Honda that he was racing over there, he was so much better. And I, I asked him, well, why? What's different? He said, well, hey, at Factory Honda, there were things that I know I needed that I know would be better, and they just would not allow it, you know. And heard the same thing out of Eli. And again, it seems like you guys are doing it the right way. So that's really cool. Um, let's talk about Justin Cooper. There are four races as of now on the four fifty. I know he's sort of the, the big hope for the 250 championship, so it's a little risky letting him ride a 450, uh, but why was that decision made, and how do you feel about it? Yeah, of course. You know, Obviously, our, our big goal for him is to go win this 250 motocross championship, and that's his big goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, once again, like I just said earlier with with racing, you know, if we take this whole winter off from him racing and gate drops and just try to go race this summer, he's going to be behind the eight ball no matter how much he trains. So gate drops are so important that obviously he can't race 250 supercross. That's no secret. So what can he do to race? And that's, we might as well put him on a 450. And also if we have him training this off season on a 450 ready to go, you know, God forbid something, this is a dangerous sport. If something happened to one of the 450 riders, he's ready to, to jump in there. And I think that's one big thing that um, we have the advantage of with as many riders as we have. And in the position that he's in where he can't race 250 supercross, is to go ahead and have him train on this 450 Supercross, see what he can do, gain some experience, because, of course, in the future, he's going to need a 450 ride. So if, if he's if he's riding good, racing good, it's only good – it's it's only positive for both of us. It's positive mm-hmm. for him to gain experience. It's positive for us to see if he's got it, for us to sign him on our 450 team. So I think uh, it's only positive for both of us, and that's kind of why we decided that Let's go ahead and have him train, get ready for 450 Supercross, and if when he's ready to go, we'll throw him in some races. Okay. Do you have much uh, talk, much interaction with the 250 team? Yeah, a lot. Okay. Um, obviously, you know, we're in the same building, yeah. so um, I deal a lot with them, yeah. So I just want to talk about those guys a little bit. Some new riders, Jordan Smith and Styles coming over, and of course, Nate Thrasher, Levi Kitchen, Romano coming back. Uh, it Who's who do you feel like is the guy right now that's the top level of those 250 guys? Is there anybody that's just standing out? Yeah, I think currently we have three guys that can uh, could win any time. I think Jordan, Levi, and Nate are 
are the three big threats for this coming year. I think Levi's really sprung to the front in these last few weeks. He's been tremendous riding and hopefully he can keep it going. And Jordan, I think with his experience and once again, he's in a happy home now. He's in a good training program, a good motorcycle. I think he's back to the year where he almost won his championship. And I think he's possibly, I, I would say personally, even better. Um, I think if he stays on the straight and narrow path, I think this is his year to win. Wow. See, that's something I've been excited about for the last couple of years. Cause I, I think people forget there was two years there where he was within a few points of winning a championship yep. and, and some things happened and it just didn't go his way. And then it was injury, 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 injury. And he, he, he needs to do well. This may be his last opportunity at that high level of team. So I think he's going to step it up. I really believe he's got potential, like you just said, to be a winner. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, you know, the funny part is I when you text me about coming on the show, I was actually at, he puts on a weekly cornhole tournament. Oh, um, okay. It just got, you know, it just got moved to the new local pizza joint. So this was the first time at the local pizza joint that we had a, a, his cornhole tournament. There's 40 people there at the cornhole tournament. So I think the biggest thing right now is once again, this goes back to what I've been kind of hitting on the head here. He's at home. And when I say that, he's literally at home. He lives here in Cairo. His team is now in Cairo, um, where before, you know, he lived in Cairo and trained in Cairo and his team was in California. So everything he needs is now here. He has to, he's never separated from his family. He gets to do the things he loves. He gets to run his cornhole tournament. So I think he's in a better place than he's ever been before. Beautiful. Uh, last question. I joked a little while ago about getting banned uh, because my my boss, Michael Lindsay's, had some had some had some issues with you guys, or you guys had some issues with him. Uh, how's that relationship? We we is vital okay, Michael Lindsay? We're back under the tent. Everything's good. Oh yeah, I think we're all good. <laughs> I think him coming out here to the farm and yeah. and mixing and mingling with Brad and driving around the farm. I think uh, yeah, I think we're good. I think I think Michael's learned learned what he can and can't. Can't, <laughs> what buttons he can and can't push with uh with us over here we'll see Hopefully. yeah you you scared me at uh millville i was talking to duff and you came out of the truck was like basically hey uh duff you need to do your job <laughs> Tell me yeah that. and that's the biggest thing and i think you know and like you you were good about coming up to me and, I, and there was nothing against you it was yeah all, you know the mechanics got to know their place too hey if they're done and, and they're and they're able to be done with their bike work and they want to chat with you guys chat with you guys all you want but that's one thing i'm very strict on is get your bike work done first. Yeah, it was funny because it was my first job as Vital, and I wasn't even full time technically yet. I hadn't started. I was like, "Oh shit, I'm already, I'm already no, getting the route." No, no, you're all good. <laughs> well, Jeremy, man, it's been great getting you on here. I'd love to get you on again at some point and just talk about your history. I know you have a, a pretty cool story of you know your path to where you're at now. And I, when we have some more time, I'd love to do some a, a long, more longer form with you. Yep. Anytime. Just let me know. We'll do it, man. I'll see you A1 and it's great talking to you. All right. Thanks guys. All right. Thank you. We'll see you. That was Jeremy Coker, team manager, star racing Yamaha. Yeah, it's a good one. I, I he's got a really cool story. For those of you that know, don't know, he's half brothers with Christian Craig. So I want to get into his story more at some point, but guys, that's episode 252. Just uh, by myself, I don't know. I hope you guys liked it. No Scotty, no TJ this week. But thanks to Sean Brennan and Jeremy Coker for coming on. Thank you to our sponsors at Cherubies USA, Race Tech, Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Works Connection, Torque One Racing, R-Jerky, Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID, Shock Socks, Williams Motor Works, Extreme Colors, Blood Lubricants, True Fusion Sports, Power Band Racing, and Grill Your Ass Off. Guys, that's it. We'll be off for a couple weeks probably. Let you know when there's another one. Until then, we're out.